Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. episode of The Middle. I'm Jordana Levine. And I'm Holly Azapati. Ah! Are you so excited? <laughs> you are. Listen to you. <laughs> I'm excited. I am nervous. I'm a little bit hungry. Um, I'm all of the feels. How are you feeling, Chicky? I am surprisingly nervous, which is ridiculous <laughs> because you and I chat all the time and also I have my own you're a podcast woman that I've had for so long I don't know why I'm nervous I think because I believe in this podcast so much and so I feel this like pressure but it's not coming from anyone so just need to chill the f out you actually need to settle pedal yeah (laughs) but I feel it too I I thought I was nervous because you know I'm not I'm not big in the podcast scene I don't really listen to them so I thought oh maybe it's because I just don't know what I'm doing but I also think it's um the response to the trailer which was epic yeah it was a really good response to the trailer it was such it was so much fun to um record that trailer as well so I'm glad it was received well yeah, me too. We, I, George had me on Voxy and like every time the listens went up about 50, she's like, okay, 450 <laughs> listens now, 500 listens now. Let me know if I'm annoying you. I'm like, nah, keep it coming. It's so much fun. <laughs> but I just wanted to say to you, Hol, as someone who doesn't do podcasts all the time and doesn't even freaking listen to them, which we'll definitely dive into later because I'm going to change your mind about podcasts. Um, you. You're going to be fine because I love you, but you love the sound of your own voice. So you're just going to be like, this is your heaven. I love listening to myself speak. I probably watch my own Insta stories more than I watch anybody else's. That is gold. It's actually, you know, it's not really an issue. It's the Leo in me. I like to blame it on my sign. Um, But I do feel like we love to have a chat and that's what this is at the end of the day. Um, It's us, two two gals in the spiritual personal development world talking about all of the things. And maybe this is where we share a little bit about what the premise of the middle is, why we're here talking the words. Yeah. Well, why don't don't you explain it? Yeah, cool. I I feel like you're really good at explaining it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you just buttering me up because I like to hear myself speak? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, George and I have had this idea for a little while now where we both work, obviously, in personal development and soul work. We both talk about things like manifestation and the moon and astrology, but also we're everyday gals who like to watch reality TV like Bachelor in Paradise, and we like to go out for a cocktail or three with our girlfriends. And basically just want to have this approach to the work we do in the world as a little bit lighter this little bit of a lighten up approach where we don't have to take ourselves so seriously just because we're doing the serious work yeah and and knowing that by indulging in things like reality reality television which we're going to talk about a lot on this show I just want to premise that because (laughs) I'm obsessed with it um it doesn't make you less spiritual or less woke Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like, you know, I've spoken to you about this before, Hol. It's like when you're in a crowd of people um, in the in, in whatever industry you're in and you're like constantly comparing yourself to them and you're nervous to have an opinion because it doesn't necessarily fit into the mold of what a spiritual person should do. You know, mm. so this kind of platform for us, like hosting the middle is a way to... Um, take the stigma away from all of that and make you guys feel really normal for lack of a better word because you can embrace all of the polarities and you should embrace all of the polarities that's what makes a completeness 
we are all about celebrating contradictions and the humanness in this work because a lot of the time when you step foot into anything to do with personal development or soul, we can forget about the humanness who makes mistakes, is full of contradictions, loves to binge what Netflix from time to time and sometimes eats gluten when they shouldn't. Ooh, you don't. No. Oh, I know, right? Scandal. Uh, My two favourite things are bread and butter. Like Girl, <laughs> last meal, sourdough and butter, for sure. I'm yeah, I'm down with that. I um, my favorite food group is carbs. Yes, and so it should mm. be. And anyone who says that it's not, they're lying to you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or they don't have an Italian background. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so look, we're just gonna kind of fluff the first episode. I think we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. We're gonna see what feels good for us and what you guys respond to. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of a format we want to follow. And I guess the first thing we want to do is hear about each other's week. So what have you been up to, my dear friend Holly? Yes, let's catch up, babe. So I've just come back from Bali. I ran a or co-hosted a retreat on Noosa Lumbongan and then spent a couple of days before and after that in Chenggu. And I have come back more myself than I have felt mm. this entire year. Yeah. It's been an incredibly healing trip for me, which I didn't anticipate, to be honest. I um, In the lead up to the trip, I saw Bali as just another work hurdle to get over because I had been quite unwell. I had some autoimmune flare-ups. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was pretty much bedridden for close to four weeks working from bed. Uh, And I had everything from a viral infection to a flare of my psoriasis to uh, throat infection, glandular fever, like golf balls the size, glands the size of golf balls on either side of my throat. Mm. Um, It wasn't a fun time. So truly, Bali was like, just get me through that so I can rest in May. Um, But as the universe would have it, I was meant to go there for the healing of my own and it was never part of the plan and I just feel so much better Mm. health-wise, mind-wise, soul-wise. It was incredible. Yeah, so good. So, so good. So what do you think it is about Bali that's so healing? Well, I've had this experience before, and I know you have two jaws where you visit a certain place. You may have been there before, maybe not, um, but it resonates with you at such a level energetically mm. that things just shift and they just work effortlessly. So for me, uh, contrary to what many people might think, I know a lot of people in our space particularly will go to Bali for a few months to, you know, find themselves or come back to centre. This was the first time I'd visited Bali in 10 years. And the last time I was in Bali, I was, you know, 19 with my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, with his family. And it was very much like Kuta, Seminyak, all the touristy Bing things. Bing Tang. No. Bing Tang and the <laughs> <laughs> And the bartering. Um, so this time around, I wasn't anticipating anything, you know, deeply miraculous. Yeah. But that's exactly what it gifted me. And mm. it was definitely an energetic vibration that agreed with me at a soul level i visited fiji thailand and vietnam and bali in the last five months and while island life yes agrees with everybody uh bali had a different resonance with me that i can't explain to the point where i actually do want to go and live there for for some time it just feels right yeah oh what an amazing what an amazing um experience for you because i did talk to you before you went and it was yeah, once I get through Bali, then I'll get back. Then we can record the middle. Um, <laughs> but it was a bit of a hurdle because you were so tired and you were just depleted, right? Like your body was like, Gosh. let me rest. My body was not even about rest. It, was, it wasn't It was even about slowing. It was about stopping. It was like, yeah. whole, you can't do anything. And, you know, when I, I know we will have listeners who can relate to this where – if you haven't experienced autoimmune, it's hard to comprehend because on the outside, you kind of look okay. You've got bags under your eyes, but it's like this physical heaviness in your bones where your mood is impacted. You're not inspired. Like I just lost my light mm. and Bali gave it back and I feel deliciously expansive oh. and inspired and myself again. Yeah. Yay. You look deliciously inspired too. Thank you. I have the privilege of looking at Holly right now, which you guys don't, but. It's all of the hand gestures and all of the boob yeah. holding. <laughs> Keep them um, in check. Talk to me, girl, though. You've had some big changes. Yeah, I just moved to Byron Bay. 
actually um, living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, I've, this is the third attempt of me trying to live in Byron. Yeah. And, um, I first moved up here when I was 19, I thought I was going to write a novel. Um, and I started writing it, but I didn't have any money and I couldn't get a job and I was on the dole and it was just like not working out for me. So I moved back to Sydney and then I moved up again in like 2014. I'd like left my publishing career and I was like, I'm just going to take some time off. And I was up here for a bit and it served me well, but then again, it like energetically rejected me and pushed me back to Sydney. I got like dream job inverted commas um, (laughs) and moved back to Sydney and then this time it just feels different it's like I can't really explain it but it's like I've always meant to be up here and my soul was trying to do it earlier than it was meant to totally but now's the time premature soul yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like I know where I'm meant to be and then there's another part of me going but not yet but not yet but not yet but this time the second I got here and we'll talk about it a little bit more because I want to talk about the energetics of your environment but Mm. like the minute I got here everything kind of just settled um and was in full alignment and I I can't explain it better than that but I mean, I've been here. I've been here a week today. A week today. Ah, happy one week. Yeah, one week today. Um, and I feel like I've been here forever. But this house that I'm in, well, studio, it's a studio. It is pretty much everything I envisaged when I was trying to manifest. Like, it is like a little oasis. It's so beautiful hole. I can't wait yeah, for you to I come and visit. Yeah, I can see it. There's like yeah. trees lining the backdrop there and I'm here in like the dark and dingy closed off room and yours is so light filled. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I feel really, it's funny. Like I want to keep saying I feel really lucky, but I Mm-mm. really also feel like I created it. Like I just, it just feels, it just feels right. Well, let's be real. You are the manifestation gal and you did create this, which it's just another thing to tick off your list, right? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. But it was funny, like, and and that's kind of what I want to talk about on the the show today is, is this knowing, this, like, intuitive feeling when you know you've outgrown your environment. Yes. So, like, I, my, bit of my backstory of how I ended up here was I grew up in Bondi. So, like, I'm not the kind of gal who moved to Bondi when she was 25 and, you know, decided to live the Bondi life. Like, I was pretty much born and raised there in that my mum had um, a hair salon there for, like, 13 years. And no I would, way! Yeah, and I would go there after school and sit out the front and we lived... You know, we lived in many of the streets in North Bondi when I was growing up. And then when I finally moved out of home, I came up here. I came up to Byron. But then I came back to Bondi and I stayed in my apartment in Bondi for 13 years. The one apartment. Yeah. Whoa. And I guess because... I was such a gypsy growing up. Like mum and I moved, even though most of the time we stayed in the one suburb, we move house, I would say like every two to three years. Like I I just, I've lived in so many houses in my childhood. So by the time I moved out of home, I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm going to put down my roots and I'm not going to move for a really long time. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, which was great. And it served me so well. But then, you know, in 13 years... I had five different boyfriends who had mm-hmm. all experienced that apartment with me. I'd mm-hmm. been through maybe like five different major jobs, you know, like mm-hmm. job roles that all had their ups and downs and the energy was in that apartment. I'd of been through, oh, like I haven't even counted. I should do that one day, but several different flatmates who were all amazing. I only had one terrible one um but you know that's different energy that's moving in and that out of that yes constantly that's a lot of sage a lot of sage and I did sage (laughs) a lot but I kind of got to the point last it would have been last October I was writing I was writing the my book actually and I I told a lot of the stories about the apartment in the book and then I was like oh I think this chapter's done and with that I could feel that 
what once held me so well. So the environment that held me so well was ready to eject me. It was hindering. Well, yeah. And it was, it, it was keeping energy stuck. Right. Yes. And I think for so many of us where, and, and so we should, when we're trying to move energy, we look within ourselves. What am I not doing right? What am I not feeling? Uh, you know, am I staying in a vibration I shouldn't stay in? And that's all really yes. valid. But sometimes it is the environment and it's the energy around you. So whether that's your workplace or your home or your suburb or your city friendships. or your country, your it's- friendships, mm-hmm. totally. And you need to move like that. And I mean, in the in the literal sense, I moved, but also just like move the energy around. So for me, it was about getting out of that apartment. So I yes. got out. I was like, I'm out of here. I put everything into storage and I've spent six months kind of traveling around trying to decide where I'm going to land because I didn't know I wanted to come up to Byron, but I was like, I need to find somewhere that feels energetically healing for me, but also feels like home. And I was like, where the hell is that? So I went down to my family home in Barramar and I was like, oh, this feels nice, but not quite right and then I went up to Queensland and so my mom and I'm like oh no (laughs) nothing to do with my mom just Queensland (laughs) no and I passed through here through Byron a few times and I it was just a pull for me and then Mm. you know once I made that decision it all just it all just fell into place it was so effortless I didn't even have to attach to anything because it all just kind of you know yes yeah Yes, it's these words of effortlessness and non-attachment. These have been my key words in my journaling the last couple of weeks, George. Yeah. Like, and that's what it felt like in Bali for me. Everything just felt effortless yeah. and I felt so non-attached to things. Yeah, because it, and, there's so much faith there that you don't need to attach to it. Absolutely. You're, yeah. in, you're in a surrendered space. And I was talking to my girls who um, are doing my program at the moment and I did a group call in Bali and I was saying to them, what is it about when we are traveling, when we are experiencing new places that we can't bring into our life at home? And so what I started to sit with is, is it a matter of me bringing Bali home and incorporating the things that I do when I'm traveling into my day-to-day life? So things like walking barefoot everywhere, getting more sunshine, getting an extra scoop of my gelato, or is it deeper than that in that I can still bring all of those things back to Sydney with me, but there's still a deep, deep energetic vibration that I'm no longer resonating with. Mm. And I actually do believe it is that. I think we can attempt to bring more of the holiday vibes home with us and living our life as if we are traveling all of the time. But when it comes to living in alignment, especially if you're growing and constantly investing in yourself and your personal development, of course your energy is going to change. And of course that means the, the physical area that you are in is likely going to shift as well in terms of your connection with it or not. Totally. And for me, I don't know if you agree, George, I find, I, and I've grown up Sydney, born and raised, I've only ever lived here yeah. for 29 years. Yeah. I've lived in different suburbs. I've lived out west. I've lived northern beaches. Actually, I've just danced between those two bubbles. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I visit my additional Bondi bubble maybe three times a week, so very, very insular. Um, but I find the energy... It doesn't agree to my, with my energy because it is very frenetic, very go, 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 very fueled by adrenaline, which it does serve some people, but it no longer serves me. And also this idea of an inverted commas settling down and the belief that once you reach a certain age or a certain point in your life, you need to, you know, put your roots in and stay grounded. The Libran in me just cannot deal with that idea of one place forever. Uh, And that's what I've recognized because I, to be honest, even a year ago, I would have said, yep, Sydney forever. Uh, But really now it's like, maybe it's Byron, maybe it's Bali, maybe Byron is my base. And then I travel to all of the different places forever. Where where did we all, like, where did it come from that we have to be somewhere forever and we have to settle? I mean, it's such an old way of looking at things, isn't it? That's what I realized through all of this. It was like, first of all, I don't need anything to survive. Like I lived out of my car pretty much for six months and 
you know, like, it was really nice when I came here to get some material possessions back, for sure. But I can absolutely survive without them. What I do love is the choice to have a home because I love having a home. Like, but it doesn't yes. have to be a forever home. But I can no. totally I can totally relate to what you're saying about Sydney. And this isn't to say bad things about Sydney because I think Sydney is one of the best cities in the world. But I, I was the same in that it wasn't serving me anymore. When I was when I was working in corporate, when I was first starting my own business, Sydney was great. Yes. I had all the connections, all the networking. I needed those vibrations and they served yes. me. But now I just feel like my pace needs to be a lot slower if I'm going to survive mm. adrenally. <laughs> um, mm. And I just don't, especially with Bondi, and I love Bondi. Like I said, I've lived there for a very long time, but I just don't gel with it anymore. Like when I'm there, mm. I was there a couple of weeks ago for a week. It was so funny, actually. My girlfriend was away. I was feeding her cat and she lived opposite me in the same apartment block. And oh my so gosh. I lived back in my apartment block that I've lived in for 13 years for a week. And it was like living in my past. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> but I didn't feel any kind of nostalgia or like, oh, I miss this or I miss these people or I miss, you know, being so close to the beach or whatever it was. It was just like, oh, no, you've, I'm you've done. moved on. Yeah. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a feeling like it's a sentient response it's, you know it's almost like you're breaking up with well it is a location because yeah. I, and I love that we're being so courteous about it too we're like we don't hate you Sydney <laughs> it's not you it's not it's that me. we don't like you Bondi it's not you it's not you at all it's me and you will be great for other people but right now it's time for me to see other people other yeah. places other experiences <laughs> we're just breaking up babe and that's you know it can come in these these waves of emotion and who's to say that you know I'm kind of in this trans transitory stage where I know I want to leave Sydney but yeah. Sydney's still kind of attached to me for a little bit and it's okay we'll ride this out I know I'm out um but that's not to say that we won't come back and it's just I guess as you said that non-attachment to wherever I am guided wherever I feel like I'm meant to be I will follow that and see where it leads yeah you know it's something interesting as well to know I like there's a town um, on the north coast on the drive up from Sydney to Byron called Bellingen, and I mm. usually stop there on my way through. It's just near Coffs um, as a like sleepover, so I don't have to do the twelve hours in one in one drive. Now that place feels like my spiritual home. Now I don't Ooh. know if I'm ever going to live there. It is in the middle of nowhere. Like maybe one day mm-hmm. when I have a family and we can just survive off the land, that would be fine. Goals. Um, but yeah, goals. But when I'm there and when I'm in this particular creek there, Never Never Creek, every Stop it. Yeah, it's called Never Never it's Creek. Called Never Never it's Creek. In the promised lands it's called the promised lands and the creeks you've got to come with me one time holly it's it's insane it's insane um when i'm submerged in that creek i feel like i'm having an out-of-body experience like it is it and it is full alignment but am i rushing to live there no but it's just something Mm. it's interesting to note how the energy of, a, of the land and the energy of um, the people that inhabit that land can have an effect mm-hmm. on you, yeah, and just being so really much. cognizant of it. Absolutely. It's why I got married in Byron Bay. We, we Trent and I both call Byron Bay our soul home. Yeah. And whether we, we haven't lived there yet, um, but it feels that way. Mm. Like when we're there, we're, it, I almost liken it to when I am in, that place I am the best version of myself without even having to fucking try and that speaks volumes yeah oh so fun so you have to come up here okay I'm done I'll see you next week (laughs) then we can record the podcast in the same room because I'm sure you guys have figured it out by now but Holly and I are not in the same room we are (laughs) opposite sides of New South Wales um just before we wrap this conversation up only because I notice, um, I don't know if you do this, like, well, you obviously do notice angel numbers all the time, but yes. I'm also a big um, noticer of alliteration or like the repetition of letters over and over again, right? 
Oh, I love this. So all of the places that I felt a connection with um, <gasps> all start with the letter B. So it was Bondi, mm-hmm. Byron, my family's down in Berrima, Bali, and Bellingen. Bellingen. What the actual? What? How weird you is better believe it. <laughs> I wish we could say that we planned that. Holly, that was amazing. We didn't even plan that. And I'm actually at the moment injecting myself with vitamin B Stop three it. times a week. <laughs> that is bullshit. No. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, so so good. good. What were you saying to me um, about chakras in different countries? Yeah. So fun fact It is pretty fun, actually. I was like, well, it's not that fun, but it actually is fun. So our chakras, right, are seven energetic points that govern our bodies. Mm. And animals have their chakras as well. We can dive into deeper into the intricacies of the chakra system in an episode. However, what I've been looking at is how there are seven points in the world in terms of countries that are governed by a certain chakra. So, for instance... Australia, and yeah. it's a specific location in the Northern Territory, <gasps> is the solar plexus chakra. Oh, I was like, let and me guess, but I wouldn't I'll have guessed sorry, that. I'll, let you, guess, I'll no. let you guess the next one. Okay. <laughs> so, solar plexus chakra, which, get this, very interesting, mm. and our girl Zoe, Medicinal Alchemy, she taught yeah. me this, which is Australia has such an an underlying sense of tall poppy syndrome. I think we can all agree. It's like, don't shine too brightly. Don't be seen too much. You'll get torn down. At an energetic level, it is fueled by this solar plexus chakra Mm. that is holding Australia because the solar plexus is about stepping center stage, being seen, stepping into your light. So is it any wonder that as a collective energetically as Australians, we are so uncomfortable with that idea because it is governed by the solar plexus chakra and the energy that that encompasses, right? Oh, shit, you just blown my mind. I love that. Right? Yeah. I was reading it more on it last night and I was like, actually, me and my friend, we were trying to guess the chakras of all the other locations yesterday and we, like, weren't even close. Oh, oh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought that maybe Bali was the heart chakra. However, no. Take a guess at what you you, um, might think the heart chakra is of the world. Um, A country. Your country, your location. Um, oh, I, I, I really want to get this right. Um, heart chakra, heart chakra, heart chakra. Oh, I don't know. Everyone's playing at home. It's so fun. I know. So we think of it's like unconditional love and, and love for self and love for others. And it's just like oh, maybe peace and like, love. Maybe like Brazil or something, like something in South America. Really good guess, and I thought it would be like Paris or France because I was like, oh, no, actually, I thought that would be um, sacral because it was like sex and creativity, but that's not right. Heart Chakra is uh, Glastonbury in the UK. Oh, my God, I would never have guessed that. (laughs) Right? Isn't it fascinating? So, But what they did, this article, and maybe we can link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Because it showed all of the chakra points in globally, but also additional locations in the world that have highly concentrated energy that can also ignite these experiences of alignment in you and Bali's on that list. Uh, So it makes perfect sense that a lot of people who visit a place like Bali feel so in alignment because the energy is so condensed, literally at an energetic level that's governing our mama earth. So it just blew my mind. Can we go through all the chakras? I mean, I know that this is probably a whole episode in itself, but I'm really interested now. In terms of which country? Yeah. Let's pull it up. Um, the chakras of the earth, and they're called ley lines. Oh, so ley oh, lines these are, are the these... ley lines. Yeah, there's one that goes straight yeah. through Byron Bay. Well, there you fucking go. <laughs> Fancy that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through each chakra. So the root chakra our base. This is about grounding energy. Yeah. This is about really being just rooted in the earth. The root chakra is Mount Shasta in California in the U S. Okay. So it's a cascade mountain range, which runs from Northern California into Oregon and up to the Canadian border. 
So it's believed to be one of the most electrically charged mountains in the world. And it's believed to to be the base of Mother Earth's energy system. I know we're going to have to actually do. (gasps) I wonder if anybody does chakra tours. Oh, like a chakra pilgrimage. We should do that. Oh, my God. Oh, new business idea. Great. Okay, so what's the next one? Sacral. Sacral, sacral, home of sexuality, creativity. Ooh. I literally was like, yep, got this, it's Paris. No, it is Lake Titicaca <gasps> in Peru, Bolivia. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I know, Titty. Titty Kaka. I love it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, solar plexus like was it. Australia. Peru. Yeah, amazing. Um, and heart, what did you say heart was? So oh, Glastonbury. Yeah. Glastonbury. Somerset, Shaftesbury, Throat Chakra is the Great Pyramid of Jerusalem, Mount Sinai, and Mount Olives in the Middle East. Beautiful. Third eye is the only one that moves because of the Earth's axes. So it moves every 150 to 200 years. And so currently it's in Western Europe near Stonehenge. So Stonehenge is holding some potent energy. Yeah, I mean, but we knew that, right? We, we already knew. And then it's going to, when we shift into the age of Capricorn, it's going to move to Brazil. Oh. And then Crown Chakra uh, is the Himalayan mountains in mm. Tibet. Yeah. Well, I was going to say India, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we have our ley lines. So everything from um, the Bermuda Triangle to Mount Fuji in Japan, Maui in Hawaii, Bali, uh, Gabon, Cape Town. There's, there's a whole list here, which is amazing. Amazing. Bucket list, pilgrimage totally. through the chakras. So cool. um, okay, so um, another little thing that we're going to try and do every episode on the middle is um, get some recommendations from each of us of what we're reading, what we're listening to, what we're watching. Um, so, Hol, let's start with you. What Have you got something to recommend to the listeners? I I have two things to recommend and I love this because what we're going to do is we're going to share something that's a little bit more personal development soul work and then something that's a little bit less that, Um, (laughs) you know, and a little bit more just, you know, everyday lifing. And for me, I have been reading fiction again. I felt this real call Mm. and I feel like a lot of people have felt this call to kind of just put the personal development books on hold for now because it feels like additional work yeah. and enjoy reading for the stories. And I finished a book while I was in Bali and anytime I really want just an easy read, something that I know I'm going to enjoy, I, t- I just go to the Jodie Picoult section. Oh, you know, I've never <laughs> read a Jodie Picoult book. You're ki- Are you kidding? No. George, I know. Why? Are, you, are you the type of person that's like, I mean, this is me. Everyone has an apple, so I have a Samsung. No, are you I, just like anti- I'm absolutely the opposite of that. I'm like, please don't exclude me. I want to be one of you. So I'm not that person at all. But there's something about Jodie Picoult. Like I just, um, and I don't know where I got this from because I couldn't even name one of her novels, but I just thought they'd all be depressing. Like did she, has she written some depressing ones? Oh, look, they're pretty, they're heavy, but not uh, there are some really heavy, actually. Yeah, My sister's okay. keeper is her most. Um, that was the one, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, and know? that's her most renowned. I think until this book that I've recently read, where she's just like changed the game entirely. But what I love about her books are they're easy to read, mm. they're formulaic, so you kind of know where the story's going, and you don't have to deeply work to read. I enjoy that in my fiction. Yeah, I like it to be easy. Mm. That's why I'm reading fiction, yeah, and. So I anticipated when I picked up the book and it's called Small Great Things. Mm. It's her most recent book and it's, in my opinion, I've read every single Jodie Picoult book. So we really are meeting each other in the middle here. Yeah. Um, and she has had some that have deeply resonated, some that I've just read, you know, and finished because. But when I picked up this book, I didn't anticipate it to move me in the way that it had. And I've spoken to a few people in my circles who have also read it and had the same experience. So basically, Jodie takes us on a journey where the protagonist is Ruth. And she's a woman who is a nurse and she's a midwife. So one of the babies who was under her care passes away. And the family of this child uh, take this woman to court. Now, the plot twist here, and she's charged with attempted murder. Plot twist, well, not so much plot twist. You can read it on the back of the book. You know. I was going to say, don't ruin it. Yeah, forever, it's not. Right? I'm not giving anything away. It's like you can literally read it on the back of the book. Um, Ruth is a woman of color, 
and the family whose child died are white supremacists. So it's this fascinating delve into white privilege and racism and I had so many questions of my own experiences come up in this fictional book, which I guess is kind of good because when you're somebody like us, George, while we want to put the the nonfiction to the side for a bit, we're still froth on the learning and the questioning and the evolution, right? Yeah. So this book really made me question everything through a totally different lens. And the way that Jody, I'm speaking like we're besties, the way that Jode's right (laughs) is (laughs) each chapter or part of the book is from a different character's perspective. Mm. And I love that approach because you get that 360-degree view of, you know, why is Ruth coming at it from this angle and Turk coming at it from this angle and Kennedy, who is a lawyer, coming at it from this angle and Every time with uh, Jodie's books, there's a twist at the end and she doesn't disappoint. And to be honest, it took me a fair go to get into it. Like yeah. I'm talking half the book to really oh, be. Oh, really? And it's a big book. But I, I committed and I really pushed through and I'm really glad I did. Oh, awesome. I have, having not read a Jodie Picoult book, I have heard a lot about this particular book saying that it is quite different to what she usually does. And some people loved it and some people not so much. So maybe I won't start with this book. Should I read a different one to start with? I think you should read a different one. And the ones that I, like My Sister's Keeper is is obviously the forefront. Lone Wolf was another one that I really loved. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's about, uh, from memory, a uh, father who studied wolves and went and lived with wolves. And oh. that was really. I'm interesting. Hooked. Yeah. All right, I'll read that. Yeah. Lone Wolf. Maybe Lone Wolf is for you. Okay. But Jodie Picoult, yes. Yes. And what's your Small other break. what's your other recommendation? I am loving. I've watched it twice already. Oh, Heal yes. documentary on Netflix. You watched yeah. it? Have yeah, you watched? I have watched it. I felt like oh actually I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no like steal your recommendation. <laughs> So those of you who have not heard of or yet to watch Heal, it's a documentary on Netflix about the power of the mind and holistic approach to healing everything from cancer to autoimmune to any kind of disease in the body. And uh, the director, Kelly Noonan-Gores, takes us on a journey with her herself and her experience with autoimmune and a number of other people in her life uh, that she's sought out different healing modalities and we hear from people like Deepak Chopra, Bruce Lipton, Marianne Williamson and my personal favorite Dr. Joe Dispenza Mm. on all things healing and the first time I was watching it I fell asleep not because I was tired but because it was a lot for my mind to take in like there's a lot in it and I would really recommend you watch it when number one you're alert and number two you're you're ready to absorb because it was one of those documentaries where I was texting different people at like, oh my God, what about this? And oh my gosh, do you remember this? And a lot of it is stuff that yes, we're familiar with because we work in this space, but what really struck a chord with me, and I'm gonna read it out, was uh, they interviewed a woman named Dr. Kelly Turner from an organization called Radical Remission. And she shared the nine commonalities that any person who was on a radical healing journey had incorporated in their lifestyles to heal from things deemed incurable. And those things were radically change your diet, take control of your health, follow your intuition, which I found incredibly interesting, Mm. using herbs and supplements, releasing suppressed emotions, Mm increasing positive emotions, embracing social support, deepening your spiritual connection and having strong reasons for living. Mm. And she talks, yeah, it's amazing. It's so amazing. She talks about this study in the documentary and they did a huge case study. Like this is scientifically proven that these nine things are the common thread in all of these people who have experienced radical remission. And my two favorite things on that list uh, following your intuition and releasing suppressed emotion because this is all of that Eastern philosophy that a lot of the time can be discredited in Western work. And what I loved about this documentary, it's incorporating both sides of the story, which is what we're about, George. It's meeting in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So, I, I also highly recommend that. So get to watching that. Yeah, that's on Netflix. 
Yeah, that's on Netflix. Hail, check it out. Check it out. Okay, well, I feel like my recommendations are really lame compared to yours, but anyway. He goes. We need the lame. We need the the lame. lame. So my first one is also a fiction book. It's called Star Crossed and it's by Minnie Drake. And I freaking loved it. Basically, the plot line is it's based on this uh, woman who is a journalist. She works, Mm. um, well, she's not quite a journalist yet. She's like waiting for the cadetship and she's been at this newspaper for a really long time and they want to give her the promotion, but she's still doing all the like menial tasks. And she runs into this guy from her childhood who she was always madly in love with and she's still got a bit of a crush on him. And he is obsessed with the horoscopes in the newspaper she works for. And he lives his life by what this particular astrologist, Leo Thornbury, writes every month in this paper. Anyway, so she's working there and one of the jobs she gets given is to type up the um, horoscopes that Leo, this old man, this old astrologist, faxes through. And she's like, oh, well, maybe I'll just change Aquarius this month to work in my favour, right? I love this so But the flow-on effect of that, of course, is that this guy isn't the only one reading for Aquarius, right? So all these people that read the paper in their horoscopes who are Aquarians are getting her version of their horoscope. Oh, oh my and it's God. Just, it's a really clever novel because it's the main story and then there's all these little stories and they all sort of start to come together by the end of the book. Oh. And I loved it. It was an easy read. Um, I loved it because each chapter is actually based around a star sign. So each chapter... Stop it. Yeah, so each chapter has elements and traits of that star sign that get woven oh throughout God. the story. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. So good. I'm dropping. Um, yeah, so that's called Star-Crossed. And um, when I went and picked it... Uh, a friend recommended it to me. When I went and got it from the bookstore, the guy there was like, oh, my God, this is the last copy. It's just flown out the door so if you want to get it, it i would highly recommend ordering it on booktopia i have a question for you george yeah, that me. the lead um character in the book who who fucks with the star signs yeah <laughs> what what's her star sign yeah good question i think she was a sagittarius oh of course she was a sagittarius yeah i think i think it was <laughs> sag gold. don't quote me on that I love though it. yeah it's so funny Brilliant. um and then the second thing, it's not so much a recommendation, but I feel like we need to do a bit of a recap because you've been in Bali land, is uh, yes. Bachelor in Paradise started. Can you please tell me everything? Because I watched the third episode. I watched when I got back, I was like, Bachelor in Paradise tonight, but I've missed the first two. I'm yeah, so behind. I know. Well, first of all, I just want to say, like, I love the Bachelor series. Like, I love it. I love everything about it. But I don't love Batchy in Paradise. Like, I still will watch it. I still watch it. But it just doesn't feel... And some people are going to laugh at this because they would say that The Bachelor isn't either. But it just doesn't feel genuine to me. Like, nobody's really looking for love. Everybody's no, they're looking, looking for a free tip, trip to Fiji. Yeah, and I just... I really <laughs> love... Like, I feel like maybe not so much in the latest series, but, like, in the earlier series of Batchy... It really was about finding love. Like Tim and Anna, um, Sam and Schnez, uh, yes. Laura and Maddie J, George, Georgie yes. and um, Georgia. Yeah. What's a Georgia and what's his name? And that guy. With an L. Yeah. And that Lee, guy. Uh, Lee, <laughs> Lee. 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 <laughs> I was going to say Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. Um, yeah. But now. Batching in Paradise, I feel like they take the really trashy ones from old series I know, and put them I on know, an island. And, and the low vibrational ones. Look, there are some beautiful people on Batching in Paradise this season, I feel. Like, obviously, you've got, you like, I just love Jimmy so much. Oh, my God, I um, love Jimmy so much. So She's cute. so sweet. Um, and Shannon just, is really sweet as Sh- well. Yeah, there are some sweethearts, but I don't like the uh, and obviously it's television and obviously yeah. people on it but I don't like the lower vibrational K 
characters I'm putting in inverted commas. I don't like the cattiness. I don't like the bullying that was went down in um, Honey Badger's season. Even with him, like I, I like him getting bullied by media. I just oh, I totally. don't resonate with all of that. So it's almost like this torn fucking in the middle experience where it's like I love the the quest for love and I love seeing people fall in love and I love connection and I love a little bit of TV where I don't totally. have to think so much. I switch off, but also the parts that you don't resonate with, and where do you draw the line, Jules? I know. I really, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about it a lot because the same happened. I know you didn't watch this series either, but I was watching um, Maths, the last series of Married at First I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it. It looked out of control. It was. I mean, it was disgusting, really, when you look back on it. But it was really, really fun to watch still. Um, But I find, well, there's two things I want to say. First of all, I find with shows like Batchy in Paradise and Max, it's it's purely entertainment. So it's so much more fun when you're watching it with someone else. Like, I love watching Batchy in Paradise with girlfriends. I watched Maths when I was living down on my family farm. So I was watching it with my stepmom a lot. And that was fun because you kind of have commentary as you go. But it's a goggle box experience. Oh my god, I love we'll, we'll talk about goggle box another time. <laughs> but what I wanted to say was I really miss like the early days of reality TV. You know, like yeah. where they didn't realise how famous they were gonna be. I always whenever I talk about this, I always talk about the um you know the I think it was the first Big Brother series and um with was it Sarah Jane? Who yes. used to dance around do the bunny yes. dance? The bum or, dance. The bum dance, yeah. And um, everyone who was on that series, they had no idea how famous they were when they were in there, you know? Yes. And it was never... And and they weren't doing it for fame. Well, we didn't even have social media back then, I don't think. No, we didn't. So there wasn't... You couldn't be an influencer. It didn't... It wasn't a thing. They were just entering it because it was a social experiment and to maybe win some money. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, so the contestants intentions have changed but also the producers intentions have changed like some of the things the producers do to contestants is disgusting I I do I feel like this is where the conversation does need to go George it's it's not necessarily the contestants you're always going to find people who are fame hungry or who want to grow their insta following or whatever it is or genuinely want to find love but it's the manipulation by the people behind the cameras that aren't dealing with the repercussions of what they have actually done. They, they're weaving the storylines. They're painting yeah. people as villains. They're, um, I, I have heard, actually, to take a little bit of a somber tone here, I was reading a magazine as I got my blow dry the other day, which I never do, but self-care life. And I don't <laughs> know what magazine it was, but they were saying how there's a repeated pattern globally around an increase in suicide rates and reality TV participants. Oh, that actually does not surprise me at all. Right? And it's because these people aren't given enough support mentally. Yes, they're given these um, tests before and after they enter the house or the island or whatever it is, but are they actually handheld through that transition from their normal life to this abnormal way of being and being put, you know, blasted in magazines, being the most hated person in a country, all of the trolling and attacks that these people who are normal people in an abnormal experience are getting every day, regardless of whether they were painted as the villain or whether they genuinely were the villain or not, nobody deserves that kind no. of attack on their name. And I mean, look, there's a few ways of looking at it. You know, they sign up, they sign up for yep. it and they know, yep. and that's that's fine. Like having that awareness, definitely, definitely. But you're right. Sh- it's not like these shows don't have budgets. They have huge mm-hmm. budgets. There needs to be um, some sort of process once the show is over that gives them some sort of um, outreach or counselling or, or something. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just so tricky, isn't it? Because we're still watching it. That's the thing. Like we're saying how outrageous it is and how the producers are doing this, but we're still tuning in. And so yeah. long as they're getting ratings and airtime, like people are watching – these shows will continue to exist. Oh no! Do I have to stop? I know. Them? <laughs> I it's like, do we boycott? Do we boycott? Bachelor in Paradise. What are we doing, George? I'm so torn. No, I don't know. I'll boycott if you boycott, but I just want you to know that I don't want to. I don't want to boycott. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll just we'll look, just manage uh, it. We'll just manage. Yeah, it. we'll just manage it, and we'll talk about it on here. So we feel like we're you know giving back in that way. Okay, but then there are lighthearted shows like Gogglebox, which <gasps> is brilliant. See, that's not hurting. TV. That's not Fucking. hurting anybody. 
Not hurting anybody. Producers have nailed that one. Yeah. Genius. Do you know, I went out, oh, it was just one date, but I went out on a date with an editor of Gogglebox. And Stop. I literally spent the whole day asking him everything I could about how it works behind the scenes. Is that why it was only one day? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Because Um, next Bachelorette is Gogglebox Girl. Oh, my God, I know. Um, Angie. And love her. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to watch that one. And I'm actually excited about the new Bachelor as well because he's like an astrophysicist or something really fun. Yeah. Like he's smart. Yeah, I like that. I like that he's an unknown. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, fine. Um, Okay, so lastly, last thing I want to talk about, um, Mm -hmm. one of the segments we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to take turns trying something new. Yes. Yeah, and then coming coming back and reporting on it. So what I did yesterday actually is – and this is a very open, frank conversation, so avert your ears if you don't want to listen to it. Um, but I went and had a colonic, Holly. Stop. I've never had one tell me everything. I'm too scared. Yeah, well, I had I had one probably about, I want to say five years ago, um, in Byron, actually, and it was the most traumatic experience, and I really? was so scarred by it, and I thought, I'm never doing that ever again. Um, it was oh in a, it was in a caravan. <laughs> Stop it! Okay, that should have been enough of a warning sign for you to I not know. go ahead. Well, it was kind of like refurbished and cool, but I don't know, like no, like never again. And it was it was painful, and um, they left me alone in the room, and oh yeah, like it was just not fun at all. Um, oh. And then when I was up here in Jan Feb, when I was just kind of hanging out up here not really quite living here yet I was living um with this couple and Grace who was the female end of the couple she ran a colonic studio up here and I was like oh Grace I had the worst experience you know she's like come and have a colonic I was like no and she said no the system I do is different um uh, hardly anybody in Australia is doing it. I think there's one other place in Newtown in Sydney and it's the gravity method and it's mm-hmm. um, it's it's called a closed system colonic. And I was like, oh, fuck, I, you know, my gut's in really good health, Grace. I don't know. I don't think I need to. And then on that same trip that I was up here, I got attacked in the ocean by an unidentified sea creature and I know, had, I can't believe this story. You, you yeah. genuinely did it. <laughs> yeah, and I had a very bad allergic reaction, like quite severe. And um, I can share the photo in the Facebook group if you like. And yeah. um, I had to go on like a series of really, really heavy-duty steroids. Anyway, long story short, they've messed my gut up big time. And I've mm. always had a really good gut. I'm very regular too much information mm, maybe not at but all. you know like um my digestion's always good i never have too much gas like all of that i'm just great but then in the last few weeks it just went to shit quite literally and um, <laughs> i was like i've got to go see grace so i went and saw her yesterday and the studio is beautiful like it's all you know like um it's styled really beautifully it's all very clean but all very kind of byron bay natural um, not, but in a this, caravan. not in a caravan, um, but this closed system, it's, it's called the gravity method. It's basically a tank of water that sits like high, like high above the bed. And it's gravity that pulls the flush of water in, in, inside of you. And Grace or the, the practitioner is there controlling it the whole time. So you're not left on your own. She's there the whole time. She massages your stomach. She controls the inflow and the outflow. The hose is closed. So you can't see anything because that's the other thing. I could see my shit going in and out in the last one I had. Yeah, it was disgusting. Um, and to be honest with you, you know when <laughs> you know when you go and have some kind of treatment or whatever and you're like, what if I'm the worst case they've ever seen? You know, Absolutely. like what if they're so shocked by what they what they see within me? So that was one yeah. of my fears, but I hadn't I hadn't really I hadn't really sat with it. I hadn't really thought it through, but 
as Grace was doing it, she's like, you, this is really bad, George. Like you have. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah. Cause I, and I was in quite a bit of pain, not because of the method itself, but just because my gut was so bad. There oh my was God, really, 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 and this is all from these steroids, right? So not because oh I'm a big God. drinker. I mean, I do drink a lot of uh. coffee, but not because I'm drinking lots of alcohol or I'm, you know, don't treat my system well, but because of these steroids, lots of inflammation, lots of what was coming out was bile from my liver. Oh my God. Yeah. Lots of mucus. She's like, have you been sick? I'm like, no. So the mucus was from inflammation. Uh, yeah so bad right and um i have to go and have a second one because we couldn't get it all out george that's how are you feeling now like how like do you feel okay it's funny like yesterday and she warned me of this um i felt a little bit hungover because all of the toxins had started coming out and they were sort of in my system so so sweet she gave me like um you know those rebounders like mini trampolines yes yeah she lent me her mini trampoline i love that and i've been bouncing on it to get stuff moving through my lymphatics yeah so that's been good but yeah i felt pretty shit today and then um i'll go back on monday and try and get the last of it out of my system and then how does that work? Like, because what I'm nervy about with these sorts of things is obviously it's eradicating all the shit in your Literally. system, but is it also eliminating the good bacteria? And then how do you replenish it? No, it's not. So it's not stripping your body of anything. Okay. It's basically moving shit that you haven't eliminated from your right. body that's sitting there and fermenting. Because... Oh. I know it's so bad and TMI again, but like as someone who would go every day, sometimes twice a day, I was down to maybe two, three times a week. And if you think about how many, yeah, how many meals you have in a day, that's food that's fermenting in your colon. You can't. No, no, no. Not okay. No. Anyway, so if you have tried a colonic before and you're like, not for me, you haven't tried the gravity method, I'm almost positive of it. And I would highly recommend having it done. If you're up in the north, um, go see Grace. I'll put her details in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna I think do, I might have to pay her a visit. Yeah, I'm going to do an interview with her on the Inspired Table just because she knows a lot more about it than me. I feel like a bit of a... I feel like I'm not. Would you say that she's a bit of a shit talker? (laughs) She's the opposite. And that's the other thing. So I'm lying there and I'm in quite a bit of pain. And also you need to relax, right? Because otherwise you're like tensing everything. And um, she had all these beautiful essential oils and she was massaging my temples and massaging my stomach and like, um, just Beautiful. relaxing me, and I'm pretty sure she was secretly doing Reiki on me as well. I just felt oh, I really calm. That. Yeah, really beautiful experience, and also kind of refreshing to talk about things that you can't talk about with people with someone in such an open environment. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like not taboo at all. Oh, I love that. Oh, taboo. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I am full of them. Holly, you are full of them. I love this. Um, all right. I think I think that's it. I On think that that's note, our first episode. I love that we, can I just say, I love that we're like, yep, so first ep will probably be like 30 minutes. Like I we'll know. just keep. <laughs> We've just it's hit fine. an hour. It's fine. But it's an exciting time. So, and, and we'll listen to everyone's feedback as well. I guess this is where we say, yeah. join us. In the Facey group. Yeah, so we started a Facebook group, guys. It's called um, The Middle Podcast. So if you search The Middle Podcast, right now the two members are Holly and I. So we'd really love you to join us in there. <laughs> Come what be gonna, our friend. Yeah, what we're going to do in there is we're going to continue the conversation. Um, so the stuff we've spoken about today, I think it's a really good place for us to drop show note type stuff as well, you know? like I love that idea. We can share the articles that we've spoken about, yeah. links to the books and those sorts of things. And also if anything we've said today um, has sparked interest for you and you want to start a conversation around it, you can start a thread in there as well. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you in there. Come and join us in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> so these episodes are going to air every Monday. I'm going to have 
try and get them in there so that 7am you get your first, you get your middle episode every week. Um, and if you want to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that's really helpful for us. And it is. Oh, and the most important thing is make sure you share it on your Insta stories. So take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at Jordana Levine and Holly at Holly as a party and let us know so we can also share it. Yes, let us know. And we already have ranked from the trailer, which is huge because that's yeah. how people find our work. So yeah. keep it up, guys. Keep the ratings coming. Keep the love coming. And if you want to, like, choose a cool middle song because there's so many songs <gasps> about the middle. There are so <laughs> many songs about the middle. So just have go wild. Have fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. The, I how do we sign out? Do we just go over and out? Like, what do we do? Well, I was about to say, I feel like closing an episode is one of the hardest things to do. Catch up next week, next Monday at 7am, where we will launch episode two of The Middle. You've been listening to The Middle with Jordana Levine and Holly as a party. <laughs>